You're listening to the Central City Assembly Podcast. We're dedicated to sharing content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus for the good of our city and helps you grow in your love for him. We pray this episode blesses you, impacts you, and fills you with kingdom purpose. I want to make a very honest uh, confession with you, if that's okay. All right, I, I, I'm a pastor, and sometimes I feel like the expectation from others is that I, as a pastor, um, am supposed to have uh, my faith completely all together, right? Um, but I'm going to be honest, sometimes I find it hard to trust God. Am I the only one who feels that way? I don't think so. Thank you. Um, right? I, I know that all of us can relate to that. I mean, I, I love God. I, I believe in, in God. I'm, I'm sure you do too. Uh, but sometimes I feel uneasy about the future, right? About what's ahead. Um, maybe like me, you're worried about the tension in our country, right? The, the political tension, the, the racial tension, the economical tension, all the tension, right? You're just feeling it all. Um, and maybe you're like me and you start playing the what if game in your mind. Before the election started, what if the wrong person gets into office? Whoever the wrong person is for you, right? Um, what if I, I lose my job with the economy struggling? What if I get COVID or someone I know and love gets COVID? What, what if we have to homeschool our kids for the rest of their lives? Oh my gosh, right? Um, or I know that, you know, with fears around COVID, for, for some of our single people, um, it's hard to get out there right now and meet people. Right, so, so you might be thinking, am I just going to remain single for the rest of my life? Right? Should I just say yes to the first person who asks me out, lower my standards, and you know, just go with it because it's really hard to meet the right person right now? Or, or what if I marry the right person? but I lose my job and I can't support my family anymore, right? What if, what if, what if, right? We want to trust God. I think we really do, but there's so many variables involved, right? So many what ifs that make it hard to trust God. And it's hard to trust God, especially when we can't really see him, but we can see so much of everything else going on around us in this world. Right? I can see the effects of all of this COVID craziness going all around me. I can see when my bank account balance begins to lower. Right? I can see protesters and rioters in the streets. I can see my health declining. I can see tension all around me. It's hard to trust God. Right? Or maybe you're thinking, how do I trust God when I did trust him? Right? I, I prayed, but he didn't answer the way I wanted him to. I stayed faithful and committed to a church, but then I got hurt by that church. I remained faithful and committed to my spouse, but they didn't. Right? I did trust God, but then everything started to go wrong in my life. It, it can be hard to trust God. And we're familiar with the phrase, in God we trust. It's printed on our nation's currency. Now, that might not be a totally true statement for us anymore. That's a different topic. Um, but it is supposed to be a true statement for God's children, God's people. In God we trust. Say that with me. In God we trust. Right, but how do we do that when it's so difficult, when there's so many variables? Right? Can you trust God? It's something 
we are more than willing to say to other people, right, when they're struggling, just trust God, everything will be okay. But when it's said to us, can you really trust God? And that's what we're going to explore today. Um, How do we grow or build our trust in God when it seems so difficult? What steps can I take? And there are steps you can take to trust God more in your life, all right? So the title of today's message, as you see there, is In God We Trust. Let's join together and let's just ask God to continue being with us this morning, uh, to, to reveal himself this morning. God, we're so thankful that we can be in your presence. God, we're thankful that you are here right now, that you're moving in our midst right now. And what I, I pray I'm not that you would move, that you, you are moving. I pray that you would move us. God, we're, we're, we're holding on to things. We're, we're, we're closed up. God, would you move us? Help us to let go. Help us to release. Help us to open up. Move us, God, so that we can receive the movement that you're doing in our own lives. Lord, we ask that, that you would um, just reveal your truth to us. Show us that you are trustworthy, God, that you are faithful, And help us to to take those steps to build our trust in you, God, because we want to trust you. And maybe you need to say that right now, just in your own heart, your own mind. I want to trust you, God. I want to believe you, God. Help me where I, I don't trust. Help me where I don't believe. And God, we know that you're not turning us away with that confession, but you're inviting us into something good this morning. So we we receive it and say, have your way in us, God. Yes, and amen to everything that you want to do this morning. We thank you, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, um, so, so to help us learn how to build our trust in God, we're gonna look at a very short story from the book of Luke. So you can go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Luke. Um, make your way to chapter five of Luke. All right, and in the process of going through this story, I also want to give you two simple prayers that can help us build our trust in God, and we'll, we'll get to those. Um, but first, as you're turning to Luke chapter 5, um, here's, here's what's going on in this passage. All right, Jesus is, is teaching by the lake of Gennesaret. Um, and I have a motion to make as a church. Let's move by the lake so that I can teach by a lake. That just sounds really, that sounds great, doesn't it? And so Jesus is teaching by the lake of, of Gennesaret, and there are tons of people around him, pressing, trying to hear him teach about the kingdom of God. And so um, to, to get some more space between him and the people so he's not overcrowded, so that they can see and hear him better, Jesus decides to get in a nearby boat, um, it was the end of the day, and the fishermen that the boats belonged to were already washing their nets, which means that they were calling it quits. The, the day was done. They were preparing their nets for the next day of hopefully some better fishing. And then one of the boats, it belonged to Simon, also known as Peter. Right? And this is the same Peter who walked on water, the same Peter who was the first to confess Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah. But this is, all, this is before all of that ever happened. And so Jesus asked Peter to, to push the boat out a ways, right? And so they, they push offshore just a ways. Jesus sits down in the boat where everyone can see and hear him, and then he finishes his teaching. All right, so let's start reading in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. All right, it says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
put out into the deep and let down your nets. Everybody say that with me. Let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, okay, we're going to hold on right there for just a moment. Um, Before we get to what Peter says, here's something to think about. All right, Jesus has just finished teaching about the kingdom of God. He's a rabbi. That's his calling. That's his vocation. That's what he's good at. But then Jesus turns to a very experienced fisherman and asks him to do something that makes no sense whatsoever to a professional fisherman. Okay, and I think what we'll see in Peter's response is that he's trying to be polite to Jesus. He's trying to respect Jesus. But in the back of his mind, he's probably thinking, teacher, you teach, all right? That's what you do. That's what you're good at. And how about you let me handle the fishing, okay? Right, this is my job, my livelihood. I I come from a generation of fishermen in my family. And so uh, Peter probably knows a good deal about fishing, we would hope. so, So I can imagine Peter thinking to himself, I'm a fisherman, let me fish. Jesus, you're a rabbi, you rabbi, right? You, you teach, you, you do what you do, right? You stay in your lane and I'll stay in mine. Because frankly, Jesus, what you're asking me to do makes no sense and it's kind of stupid, okay? He's just in the back of his mind, he's being frank, all right? All right, so let's keep reading. Chapter, chapter five, verse five. Uh, and Simon answered, master, we've toiled all night and we took nothing. Right? Jesus What you're asking me doesn't make sense, and it feels really, really dumb, right? But but how many of you know from experience that oftentimes what God asks you to do doesn't always make sense? You might feel like you have a realm of expertise in something, and then God says, how about you do this instead? And you're like, what? That doesn't make sense, right? So often, God will ask you to put your faith in him, to trust him, but it can make you feel really dumb. Right? You want me to do what, God? I don't get it. Right? Or, or you might read in Scripture where Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. And that's a nice thought. It's social media post worthy for sure. But when tomorrow is so uncertain, what Jesus says doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right? Somebody needs to worry about tomorrow. Somebody does. Right? Or you might read in Scripture, bless those who persecute you. And again, it's really easy to quote to somebody else when things are going wrong, right? But when they say it to you, you're like, no, 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 no. If you only knew the people I had to deal with in my daily life, right? Don't quote that to me, right? Scripture also says, don't lean on your own understanding, okay? But if I don't lean on my own understanding, then some of my bills aren't going to get paid, right? What God asks us to do sometimes can feel unreasonable or completely stupid if we are honest with ourselves, right? I want to trust you, God, but you can see why it's hard. Okay, so here's our first prayer that will help us build our trust in God. Now, it's simple. It doesn't sound all that profound, uh, but when prayed and prayed daily, it is powerful. Okay, our first prayer for building trust in God is this, Lord Help me to obey you even when I don't understand. Cheering. Cool. Yeah, it's a good prayer, right? Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. I told you it's simple. It doesn't sound all that profound. 
But what's so powerful is that we see this prayer lived out with Simon Peter in this passage, when by faith he did what Jesus asked him to do. All right, let's keep reading in Scripture, verse 5 again. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. All right, get this. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Say that with me. Let down the nets. Right? Again, this doesn't make any sense to an experienced fisherman. Right? They've worked all night, all day, and they've caught nothing. And as a fisherman, they probably know when it's time to call it quits. Right? But because you say so, Lord. Right? Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand This doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. But because you're asking me and because of who you are, I'm choosing to trust in you. That's what's happening with Peter. Okay, and this leads to a powerful concept for us to live by that I want you to think about, right, when it comes to trusting God, right? Peter's actions lead us to the conclusion that you don't have to understand completely in order to obey immediately. I just let that phrase sink into your head for a moment. Now, I don't necessarily say this out loud, um, but this is what I'm always thinking when I ask my kids to do something, right? You don't have to understand completely to obey me immediately, right? Just do it, right? And it's the same with Father God, but he's way more gracious and merciful to us, right? We don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. And a lot of times when it comes to trusting God, I think we first think of the the big things. God, you're you're asking me to move to a new city, to start a new season there. Okay, God, I guess I'm going to have to trust you with that. That's big. Or or you want me to foster or adopt kids, God. That's a big thing, God, but, you know, I'm going to trust you. And those might be things that God is asking you to do. Uh, But what I found over the years, reading Scripture and hearing other people's stories, is that to really grow in our trust and faith in God, it often starts by trusting him with the smallest things first. Trusting God with the smallest things first. I mean, there have been times when I've felt just a slight nudge from God to do something that's a little bit out of the ordinary. Um, As simple as like taking a left turn when I normally would take a, a right turn when driving. Right? Or, or going out of the way to go to one grocery store rather than the one that's closer to me. Right? And in my mind, I'm like, why, God? What's the big deal about going this way or doing what I normally do? And God will just keep nudging. And a lot of times what happens when I follow his leading, right? when I turn left instead of right, when I go to that other grocery store out of the way, God usually does something with it. Right, I'll run into somebody I haven't seen in a while, and it turns out they're struggling. They're having a difficult time, and I have the opportunity to, to pray over them or speak into their lives. Or sometimes when I'm writing sermons, um, I'll feel like God wants me to use very specific words. He says, write this down. Say it this way, not that way. Right, to, to, to use specific words. And after preaching, someone will come up to me, and they'll say, when you said that, which was the thing God wanted me to say, it really helped this click in my mind, right? Or I was thinking those exact words right before I came to church this morning, right? And it's amazing to see their faith grow in that moment, right? So it's the smallest, most minute acts of obedience that lead to the bigger things in life. But at your word, Jesus, 
Because you say so, I'll do this, right? I'll let down the nets. Lord, help me to obey even when I don't understand. You don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. Right, so, so how else do we grow in trusting God? Well, when what God, is, when what God is asking us to do doesn't make sense, how do we trust him more? Okay, well, here's another piece of advice. Now, um, I'll just preface, this advice I would never give you in normal circumstances. It's only in this circumstance that I would say this, okay? But what you need to do is you need to get clingy. Get clingy. All right, now, if you're dating somebody, this is oftentimes not a preferred thing in a dating relationship, right? You don't want to get clingy there. Or like sometimes my kids will be extra clingy, right? They'll just want to be around me and Annette in our space, not just sitting with us on the couch while watching a show, but like on top of us, right? And sometimes that's okay, but sometimes it can be clingy. Or, or they'll follow me into the bathroom when I'm trying to take care of my business, and they're like, hey, Dad. I'm like, dude, get out of here. Let me have my space, right? They're being clingy. Sometimes being clingy isn't good, but when it comes to God, I'm telling you, you've got to get clingy. You have to get clingy. And there's a great Bible passage that many of us know, and we've already quoted a little of it in this message. Um, you'll see this scripture printed on t-shirts and, and on coffee mugs and things like that, right? But it's Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. You can just write this down and read it later. But it says this, trust, there's that word, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And we've heard this scripture before. And all your ways acknowledge God. Or know God. Know God on the mountaintops of life and know him in the valleys. Right? When you know God in the good times, you learn to know him in the bad times. Know God. Right? But how do we know God? How, how do we get to know him intimately? How do you know him, trust him, walk with him? Well, the only way to know him that well is to be close to him. Right? And the way to be close to God is to cling to God. And what I love about this verse is that the original Hebrew, that word translated as trust, it actually means cling to. Right? Cling to the Lord with all your heart. Don't just be near God in close proximity, but hold on to God with all of your might and don't let go. Get clingy with God. But here's the key to getting clingy with God. In order to cling to God, you have to let go of whatever else you were clinging to. Right? In order to trust God, to cling to God, you have to let go of, stop clinging to, or as the verse says, lean not on your own understanding. Right? Peter, he had to let down his nets, right? which is really hard when you think about it. It's hard not to lean on our own understanding when it seems so clear and real to us. And guess what? We all have nets in our lives. I have a net in my life, but we all have nets in our lives, right? Things that we rely on, things we believe will bring security in our lives, comfort, provision, and so on. I really want you to think about your nets in your life right now. Right? And it's hard for us to let down those nets and to, to not cling to those things and trust God with them. 
But when you get to a place where you stop clinging to your own understanding, your own plans, your own desires, your own will, your own strategy, your own place of comfort, right? And when you cling instead to the unshakable God who will never fail you, when you, you grab a hold of the faithfulness and goodness of the only one who is truly faithful and good, then anything else that you've been holding on to will pale in comparison. It'll just fall away. Right? Those things that have given you the illusion of security and comfort, they'll just fade away in the presence and the strength and the grace of God. And so some of us this morning, you need to get clingy. You've got to get clingy. Right? For, for those of you who are struggling with your faith, the only way to overcome that struggle is to get clingy with God. You have to. Right? It's time for all of us to let down our nets, cling to the promises of God. God, thank you that I can cast all my cares on you because you care for me. God, you provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. God, you work all things for my good. Right? You will never leave me or forsake me. When I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. You are close to the brokenhearted. Save those crushed in spirit. You are my refuge, my strength, my stronghold in times of trouble. These are just a few of the promises we read in Scripture. Right? Get clingy. Turn to somebody sitting next to you and get clingy, right? If your spouse is next to you, it's an act of faith. Get clingy with them right now, okay? It's all right. PDA is okay. Reasonable PDA is okay in church, all right? Get clingy. And in order to cling to the goodness of God, you have to release whatever you've been clinging to before, right? Let down your nets, Lord, help me to obey you. Help me to trust you. Help me to cling to you even when I don't understand. And when you give the smallest promptings, help me to obey you, God, when they don't make sense. Because you say so, God, I'll let down the net. Right? Here's the deal about Simon Peter letting down his nets in this passage. Um, he didn't know what the outcome was going to be. He had no idea what was going to happen. Right? He, he was probably playing the what-if game in his mind. Right? I've already fished. I know there are no fish in the lake right now, and Jesus is asking me to let down my nets. What's going to happen? Right? Am I going to be made a fool of you know, to, to my friends around me? Okay, but here's the good news. The outcome is always God's responsibility, but obedience is always ours. You don't have to worry about the outcome. Right? All we have to worry about is obedience. The outcome is out of our control, no matter how hard we try, but it's in God's control. And I promise you, God is going to prompt you, give you those small nudges throughout life. He's going to nudge you to trust him. And again, what you'll discover is that big miracles often follow simple acts of obedience. And we see this in our story with Peter, right? Jesus says, let down your nets. Doesn't make sense. I know Peter, Right? He has no control over the outcome, but he trusts Jesus with this small command. And then in verse 6, let's keep reading. In verse 6, it says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the nets so that they began to sink.
right? Lord, help me obey you even when I don't understand, right? And the second prayer we can pray is this, Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. It's probably the harder prayer, if we're honest. Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. You see, I love this so much. Because Simon Peter, against his own understanding, he obeys, he lets down his nets, and then he is overwhelmed by God's provision in his life in that moment. He catches so many fish that he can't handle it, right? They can't hold them. The nets begin to break. And then suddenly, Peter realizes, this Jesus isn't just a rabbi. He's the Holy One. And so in verse 8, it says, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Right, get away from me, Jesus. I'm a sinful man. I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. Okay, but watch what Jesus does. Imagine the love and compassion of Jesus. Jesus looks upon Peter, and in verse 10, he says, do not be afraid. From now on, Ching men. Right? From now on, those skills you've used your whole life to catch fish are going to be used for a higher calling, a greater purpose, right? to build the kingdom of God. All right? But then watch what happens. Verse 11. This is the crux right here. Verse 11. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Did you catch that? They pulled their boats to shore and they did what? They left everything and followed Jesus. And what does that everything include? Everything included their nets. Right? The very thing that represented provision, represented security, represented the future, they left everything, including their nets. And again, we all have nets in our lives. We all have things that represent our hopes, our dreams, our security, our future. And just like in the story, the first thing Jesus is going to ask you to do is to let down your nets, to trust him with your nets. Right? But then what Jesus is probably going to do at some point in your walk with him is going to say, lay down your nets. You've let your nets down. Now it's time to lay them down. They left everything and followed Jesus. Right, Jesus, I surrender completely to you. Right, I let go of my plans. I'm entrusting my life to you. And laying nets down is no easy task, but it's one of the biggest steps of ever take. Right, you can't control the outcome of what God asks you to do, but that's okay. The outcome isn't your responsibility. It's God's. Right? Obedience is always our responsibility. Right? Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. So again, we all have nets in our lives. And take a moment and think about, what are your nets? What are you clinging to and trusting for your provision, your hopes, your future, your security, and so on? Right? Is it a job or a career path? even though you hate it, right? Is it your, your spouse or your kids? Hopefully you don't hate them, right? Is it some skill or trade that you have that you're holding on to? Is it the economy? Is it whoever, whatever person holds the office of president in our government? 
Is it your bank account, a medical report? What are your nets? What are you trusting in? The psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter 20, verse 7. He said, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So can you let down and lay down your nets when Jesus asks? Can you trust in God? Are you willing to trust in God to, to, and to build that trust in him? Then maybe right now God is saying, it's time to let down your net. Right, Lord, help me obey you even when it, I don't understand. Help me to trust you with what I have and believe that you have better purpose for it than I do. And maybe you've already let down your nets. You're trusting God with that. God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. Right, you're building that trust. But you might be at the point in your walk where Jesus is saying, now it's time to lay down your nets. Right, Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. I don't know how this is going to end, but I trust you, God. I trust that your outcome is greater than any outcome I could try and manufacture in my life. Right, so let down your nets and lay down your nets. And here's the truth, right? You don't always have power to control everything. None of us do, but you do always have power to surrender everything to God. It's the greatest power we have in this life. And then I want to close with this, this last point. Okay, I want you to think about when the miracle happened for Simon Peter. Right, it was at the end of a disappointing day when they were picking up and, and calling it quits. They fished all night, worked all day, and they had nothing to show for it. And maybe you are at that place in your life right now. Right, you're ready to call it quits. You've been praying and believing for a long time, but you don't see that prayer being answered. You don't feel like you can keep going. Right, you've been fighting for your marriage, but it doesn't feel like it's going to last. That dream you've had for a long time doesn't seem possible anymore. Okay, but hear me. At the end of the day, when Simon Peter and his friends had almost thrown away hope, that's when the miracle happened for Peter. Right, so this morning, someone needs to hear this. It's not over yet. The miracle is on its way, right? Keep trusting God. Let down your nets and lay down your nets, right? See what God can do with those things better than what you could do with them, right? Lay down your nets and surrender to the greater outcome that God has for you, amen? Let me pray for you. And just right where you are, just posture yourself to receive from God this morning. Open yourself up to whatever it is that God is asking you to do. Think about your own nets in your life. What are you holding on to? What are you clinging to? And is God asking you to let those things down? and to lay them down, surrender them to him. 
God, I pray for boldness right now in this room. I pray for courage beyond any courage that we can muster in our own strength right now. Because God, I know you're asking some in this room to do really difficult things. You're asking some of us in this room to abandon our understanding and to trust you instead. And God, I pray for boldness right now. Holy Spirit, would you fill each person in this room with courage, with strength to receive what you have to say and to trust you. And God, I pray that that courage would move just beyond a feeling and an emotion into action throughout this week, God. That you would help us to, to take those steps to let down and lay down our nets. God, because you desire so much good for us in it. And we want what you desire for us. So strengthen us to pursue your calling in our lives. To pursue your words. And God, I pray for those who, who maybe feel like they've, they've let go of everything already. They've let down, they've laid down their nets, but they still feel like that you're not working in their lives. God, I pray that you would strengthen them in this moment. God, I pray that you would move in their lives in this moment, remind them and show them that you're worthy to be trusted. You're trustworthy. And Lord, there, there are no words that I can say or speak that will make that happen. God, it's only something that you can do. And so I pray that you would do that in their lives. I intercede on behalf of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Move, do your work in them, God. Help us to trust you to hold on to you, God, to cling to you and see the good that comes from that. So, Lord, we thank you for what you've done in this place, and we thank you for what you're going to continue to do in our lives outside of this building where it matters most. So we thank you, God. We love you. We say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so just a, a few questions for you to consider as you read through this passage of Luke again throughout the week. Um, you can take a picture or a snapshot, but use this as meditation points or, or you know, uh, devotion points throughout the week. First question, what makes trusting God difficult for you? And be honest with these questions. God can handle it, okay? What makes trusting God difficult for you? Number two, have you ever obeyed God even though you didn't understand what he was doing? What was that like? What did you learn? Number three, what is something you need to let go of so you can cling to God and his promises? And number four, how can you obey God and surrender what you can't control this week? What's something that you can do this week? Amen? Thank you for listening. If you are blessed by this episode and would like to help us create more content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus, would you consider giving a financial gift of any amount today? Whatever you give will go towards building the kingdom of God in the lives of people all over the world. Thank you for your support, and we pray many blessings over you.